Random Eggs Productions presents the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Avengers Rewatch with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Join us as we watch Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, fight to save mankind in preparation for the galaxy's biggest threat, Thanos. Welcome everyone to the Marvel Avengers Rewatch series. Today we'll be talking about Captain America the Winter Soldier. And this is episode 9 in our Avengers Rewatch series. And my name is Justin, and as always I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And we are the Credulous Nerds, and we're happy to be here and talk more about Marvel Avengers, and specifically Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, In doing these rewatch movies and talking about them. I've been able to gain a, a new perspective on the ones I've seen before. And we did Thor The Dark World last time in our last episode. And initially I had that movie ranked high on my list of Marvel Avenger movies. But upon the rewatch, I, I just wasn't feeling it. And I think it was kind of in the, the top third of my likes and after watching it this last time, it dropped down into the bottom third. So um, kind of a negative effect. But with this, The Winter Soldier, it was number one on my list. And I think in, at least up to this point, it's still number one on my list. So I'm happy to talk about this. What about for you, Mark? Uh, definitely near. Uh, probably top ten for sure. Um, not. I don't think it's in my top five, but you know, it sits outside seven, eight right in there. Uh, definitely a great one, one of the better ones. I, you know, you have to love Bucky Barnes for what he is and what he does. I, you know, I just a great show overall, I think great movie. Yeah. So I enjoyed watching this. Um, this movie came out April 4th, 2014, and it was directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. And prior to this film, they mostly directed TV shows, kind of similar to some other directors in these Avengers movies. Uh, They were most known for directing uh, Community and Arrested Development. Those were their big uh, TV shows that they've been involved with. And I believe this was their first, you know, film that they jumped in and started directing. And... They definitely made an impact because after this one, they they did Captain America Civil War, and then they were tapped for Avengers 3 and Avengers 4. So they definitely made a name for themselves with this movie, their first foray into the Avengers. And starring in this film, we got uh, the returning cast from the first Captain America. We got... Uh, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers or Captain America. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury. Scarlett Johansson plays a big role in this film as Black Widow or Natasha Romanoff. And we got Sebastian Stan back as Bucky Barnes. And we got some new faces with Anthony Mackie. He's Sam Wilson. And uh, Robert Redford plays Alexander Pierce, who's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then we got Frank Grillo, who or Grillo, I'm not sure how you say his last name, 
But he played a, a shield agent that was heavily involved with uh, Steve Rogers and you know one of the top dogs in with Shield as far as the the soldiers go. Uh, Jasper Sitwell, we've talked about him in the past. Uh, he's been in one shots as well as in the the TV show Shield, Agents of Shield. He's back as a, a player in this film. We're introduced to Emily Van Camp, who plays Agent Thirteen or Sharon, as she's known in this film. So some new faces and definitely some familiar faces. Uh, Colby Smolders is back as Maria Hill, Agent Hill. So this is a Disney Marvel Studio, Disney Studios Marvel Studios film. So solely in-house at this point. Um, and this film is chronologically right after Thor: The Dark World, and it is. Captain America's second movie at this point. I guess unless you count the Avengers, then it'd be his third. But you know, just for a solo film, it's his second one. There aren't any Infinity Stones in this movie. Uh, there aren't any uh, other Avengers involved, unless you want to count Black Widow. I'm still unsure if she's just a, a Shield agent or if she's actually an Avenger at this point. What's your take on that, Mark? Uh, I definitely say Adven- uh, Avenger. I don't know. I'm sure there's somewhere that states what it is, but I, I just say that just because of the last the Avengers movie just happened. They just threw down as a group, you know. So I think they've kind of established the core group of uh, Avengers. Yeah. Okay. So Black Widow's in this as a, another Avenger, and then Nick Fury. See an Avenger or which? What's your take on that? I don't know what he is. <laughs> I know that he's going to be a wild card, you know, like as far as uh, the Civil War and stuff comes up. I think – or not Civil War, but, Infi- you know, Infinity Wars. I think that he's going to be, you know, a wild card in there somewhere. Something's going to happen with him. What that is, I don't know. But I don't think he's an Avenger, but I think he's more than just a S.H.I.E.L.D. member. You know, I think he's – I think he's got abilities. I just don't know. Yeah. So hard to say what 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 he's gonna be, but it'll be interesting to see what's done with him. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of this film, he was one of the top dogs in Shield, and probably the second in command, or at least in that top tier, definitely. And but then by the end, he falls out, and he's he goes on the run, and he's a fugitive. He he does help the Avengers, so I, I kind of lean in toward he's an Avenger, but. At the same time, we don't really see him anymore after this film. So, at least not too much anyway. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. connection in this film, definitely. Uh, it's all about S.H.I.E.L.D. and how S.H.I.E.L.D. falls and how it falls apart. And we'll get into that as to what happens there. But yeah, definitely there's a big S.H.I.E.L.D. connection here. So this film starts out, you know, Steve Rogers, he's learning how to adjust to modern life. It's been a couple, a few months at least, uh, of him waking up, and he's starting to watch movies and listen to music that are, you know, that he missed and that are current in this time era in 2014. Uh, He's still attached to the past, though, and, you know, I can't blame him. There's a big gap in his life that he missed, and so he's, you know, he's still attached. He's going back to the Captain America display at the museum, kind of looking at the old photographs of his his friends and his leaders and his fellow soldiers. 
So he's got that nostalgia going on that he just can't let go. Um, there's a video of Peggy Carter, Agent Carter, talking about him and how good of friends they were and how he, she misses him. Um, and then it jumps to he's visiting Peggy in the nursing home where she's at. And they're having this good conversation. And But then all of a sudden she has this coughing spell and she like loses her memory or something. And she's back to... Oh, Steve, I, I didn't know you were still alive. You know, she totally forgets everything they had just talked about. So she's kind of like in and out of lucidity and maybe has some dementia going on. Mm-hmm. You, can just, you can just see that heartbreak on Steve's face as, as that happens. You know, nothing's the same anymore. Uh, at, during this time, he develops a relationship with Sam Wilson. You know, we, we first see him running around the... Uh, what do they call it? The mall, the Washington Mall, with you know all the monuments and stuff by the White House. On your left. Yeah, on your left. It's interesting that this movie starts out with that phrase, and then it ends with that phrase. So, just wanted to point <laughs> that out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so he, they start talking, and Sam Wilson's a vet, and he's you know running groups for the veterans, and invites Steve to come over and, and visit him at there at that place, and. You know, they just kind of start to form a friendship, which I think is what Steve needs most at this point. And then you also see him interacting with Natasha Romanoff. You know, they start to work together, and, you know, they got the the one-liners, and the they tease each other and that sort of thing. But in this movie, as it goes on, they start to develop a trust, which is big for Natasha Romanoff because she doesn't trust anybody. Um, she's just in it for herself. She's always looking out for herself, which is understandable with, you know, her background. But I think they start to form uh, some type of trusting relationship. I, I kind of wanted it to go a little bit further where it was more than just a friendship. And it, well, especially after they kissed, right? Right. In the mall. Yeah. Right. And I was for sure thought there was something going on. I was right. like, oh, okay, something's going on. But – and then they they ended that you know and all of a sudden it was her and Hulk going on but uh, that that's a different movie spoiler yeah. alert spoiler yeah. alert but uh, no I, and and it's kind of strange too because they're such on opposite ends of the spectrum you know right. even uh, Fury says that right uh, they get back from that mission and um, Steve Rogers is kind of mad at Fury he's like look you know you had her running another mission and he says you know look there's some things. I know you're not comfortable with, and she's comfortable with anything. Yeah. And it just kind of shows up, you know, that they're just on opposite ends of the spectrum, and and you, you see distrust with Rogers to, to Agent Romanoff for, you know, a couple scenes that shows it, you know. And uh, so it's kind of interesting that they, they form this relationship because it's, it's so different. And then you kind of see, I think, a fallout a little bit later in, in future movies. But uh, – no, it's a, it was a good show, and it showed some – I don't know. I think it was great because it showed a connection between someone that hasn't had a human connection in a long, long time and then a connection with somebody that is this deep secret agent and has never – you know, never wanted him. Yeah. So it's been, it's been interesting. It was, it was a cool dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And I thought that was they played off – they played off each other really well. And I think that's why everybody was like, oh, they're, they're going to get together. You know, they're going to start a relationship. But then, and I think at the end of the movie, it still could have gone that way. 
but like you said in future movies it d- diverted from that for whatever reason so I, I don't know I think the potential is still there we'll just have to wait and see but uh, I thought it was well done and even you know on Natasha's side she like we said she didn't trust anybody but she begins to trust Steve Rogers and that was big for her she starts to come around to the idea of you know not only working with a team but you know being friends with a team so definitely a big step for her uh with with this film we were introduced to shield's headquarters the triskelion and that's where nick fury and pierce that's where they work they're in the top floor there and they have all this super high tech they got all these agents working for them that's where all the the shield ships and cars and everything that you know that's where they are stored i guess uh, but then we're introduced to actually we'll get that to that in a minute in the opening mission that they have they are tasked to infiltrate a ship the lumerian star and to rescue jasper sitwell and so we got romanoff and steve rogers working together with a bunch of mercenaries or i guess not mercenaries but shield agents and that's where we see um what's his name hold on Batrock. We do see Batrock, but we also, on the good side, we see Brock Rumlow, who's the the main shield soldier. And so it's, you know, those three run on the mission. And they're after, you know, not only to rescue Sitwell, but to, to get Batrock. And so we see Steve go down first, and he takes out like 15 guys by himself. They don't even know he's there until after like the 15th guy. And so... <laughs> pretty impressive you know he's just running as fast as he can punching people and throwing them over the side of the 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 boats and you know they start to infiltrate the ship Romanoff goes down to um kind of get I don't know what she does down the ship actually she I think she just kind of clears out some bad guys but um Mm-hmm. Eventually, her mission is to download information from the ship's database or their servers, right? So she's downloading something onto a USB drive. And then Brock Rumlow and his officers, her his agents, are in charge of rescuing Sitwell. And, and then, so they do that, and Batrock becomes aware of it, and so then him and Steve Rogers start fighting they got this pretty sweet punch-out scene where they're, you know, doing flips and punching and kicking and grabbing each other. And uh, Steve Rogers has the upper hand until they bust, bust into this room and they see Romanoff downloading the intel from the ship's computer. And it surprises Rogers, so then Batrock gets the upper hand and is able to escape. So that's kind of a, ends up being a, a key part in the rest of the film is this information that they've downloaded from from the ship and you know i think it's worth worth noting too is not a lot of people know who batrock is right um so he's actually a supervillain, <laughs> kind of like a superhero but he's a supervillain because a lot of people kind of found this inconsistent uh that you know here uh captain america's a super soldier goes in and it's just like this regular guy and he's having a hard time with them. And then later in the movie, we see him take out 15 trained soldiers in a, you know, in a 
I mean, uh, elevator. But what you don't know is that Batrock, he's actually like a uh, a super villain with, you know, that, you know, comes with some, some powers and strength and things like that, which is why he's able to generally, you know, go toe to toe with Captain America without just being severely overwhelmed. Yeah. And I kind of wish they would have exposed that a little bit more as, you know, maybe talked a little bit about that, at least in, in dialogue somewhere, if not just straight up being able to see his power right other than just fighting but yeah so he definitely has his own backstory that they didn't really touch on Mm -hmm. because i mean i guess he doesn't necessarily have superpowers but he's like he's an olympic what like olympic weightlifter right right lifting i mean imagine someone like uh from the from the show uh uh dang it that dumb dragon movie (laughs) song of ice and fire right I uh, think about uh, uh, that. The mountain? And, uh, what? Yeah, the, the mountain. mountain. The guy that plays the mountain. Someone like that. I mean, that's the kind of strength that this guy supposedly has. So he's really strong and and things like that, which is uh, – so that's, you know, what Steve Rogers is fighting with, like a, you know, really, really, really strong human, which is why you see him winning. Like there's no doubt that he's winning, but he's just not destroying this guy. Right. He's not overpowering him. Mm-hmm. Like he did with the other soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Batrock is played by, is it George St. Pierre? He's an oh. MMA fighter, if I remember correctly. He's some professional fighter. Uh, so, yes. I, I don't remember. That's a good question. Yeah. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, something like, yeah, George St. Pierre. He's a professional fighter, I think, in the UFC or one of those. Yep. So there he's able to, you know, escape and but then the he causes an explosion. But uh Steve Rogers and Romanoff are able to to get out as well and Romanoff comes back with the the USB port which he gives to uh, Nick Fury. And after that when they're back at the Triskelion at the shield base uh Fury shows Steve Rogers Project Insight. And the data that they got from the ship on the USB card is related to Project Insight that we find out as the movie goes on. But Project Insight, it was kind of a key part to this whole film. And it was basically three of those flying helicarriers, right? The mm-hmm. aircraft carriers. Case. Yeah. There's three of them, and they all have, they're loaded to the T with weapons and missiles and planes and everything. And Steve Rogers is like, you know, what is this? What's going on here? And so Fury starts to tell him, hey, this is our, our way to make sure the Battle of New York doesn't happen again. That if something comes, we're ready for it. You know, we're going to eliminate threats before they even happen. And Steve Rogers doesn't like that. He's morally against it. He thinks it's wrong. And so there's yeah, some. I mean- what does he say? He's like, normally the punishment comes after the crime. Right. Like, you know, yeah, you know, you may be right. They may do something wrong, but they may not either. And right. he, you know, we're basically has a moral problem with being judged during an executioner before there's a need for any of them. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, and it's scary to see who has, who's in charge of this, right? If you get falls into the wrong hands, what happens? 
Yeah, and that's exactly kind of what he was saying. He's like, you know, this isn't what he say. He, uh, I mean, he basically compared it to what Hitler did, right? When yeah. he was down there, he was like, you know, I fought a guy in Germany for this. He's like, this exactly. isn't safety. And uh, I mean, basically, just just tells Fury he's wrong. Yep. And you kind of got the sense that he was done with Shield. Yeah, on at some level, I don't think he was. But he starts questioning, you know, he start he goes and talks to Sam Wilson. He's like, yeah, I thought I knew what I wanted, but I don't know what, I don't know that anymore. You know, so he kind of starts to think, you know, is this the right place for me? And if it isn't, what am I going to do? Because I've only been a soldier all my life. And I'm, you know, I have all these powers, these gifts. And what am I going to do? Go work at McDonald's or something? You know, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And you see him kind of. You know, walk back to his roots, go through his own museum, right? And right. Uh, gets to see kind of what he was and just like, you know, he's like, and you can tell he's just so out of place because before he had friends and people he knew and they're all gone and Peggy Carter's old and forgets things and the people that he thought he can trust, he can't trust anymore because they're, you know, doing this thing. So it's it's a rough time for him, you know. It's a, a real soul-searching moment like, man, what do I, what's my life for now? Yeah. Yeah. So it's something he needs to work through, and I think that's what we see throughout this movie. And I, that's one of the reasons why I like this film is they do a good job of advancing his character, and there's true consequences as as the movie goes on. Unlike, um, you know, Iron Man three or Thor: The Dark World, where it told a story, but there wasn't really that much that changed at the end, at least compared to this film. So. Um, so Fury has the USB data and he's trying to decrypt it and find out, you know, what's on it exactly, but he keeps getting denied, uh, access to the files. And so he goes and talks to his boss, Pierce, and there's a little bit of double talk there where they're, um, not really talking about the, the main thing, but it kind of sounds like, you know, Fury's hiding this information, but he wants to know why he can't access it, and Pierce doesn't really... He kind of believes he has some information, but he won't ask him outright. And so there's a little bit of gameplay there. And then shortly after, uh, that's when Nick Fury is ambushed by Hydra agents disguised as cops when he's in his black SUV. Mm -hmm. You know, they ambush him, about take him out, but he escapes... And just when you think he's going to get away, the Winter Soldier shows up and just totally blows up his car, and he barely escapes. Yeah, and we learn we learn a little bit more from the Winter Soldier from uh, Agent Romanoff. He's, she's run into him before, and he's just an assassin on a completely different level. Yeah. I'm just amazing. He, he doesn't miss his kills. Yep. And uh, the, the only reason Nick Fury even gets away is because, I don't know, he's got like some earth cutter or something like that you know cuts through 50 feet of earth and gets away <laughs> who knows what what happens i mean i don't know why you just wouldn't use that against the guy that's coming to kill you but i mean hey if you need to get away that's cool too yeah. and so he gets away and um that was that was a pretty cool part like i thought uh, when i saw that i was like oh nick fury's done I know. adios i mean no one gets away from this guy and then he Sneaks out the back door. Yep. 
Yeah, it was a pretty intense chase scene, and then those Hydra agents were shoot to kill. Whoever gets in the way, sorry, you're going down too. Just mm-hmm. you know, all out. So that was pretty cool. So he goes, Fury escapes, and goes to Roger's apartment. And Roger sneaks in because he hears the music, and they start talking, and then all of a sudden Nick Fury gets shot with a sniper rifle. And so... Steve Rogers starts chasing the Winter Soldier. They they kind of have this, you know, they glare at each other, and then the Winter Soldier escapes. And then Nick Fury goes to the hospital, and he's not able to recover from the injuries, at least so we think. But uh, he ends up faking his death, and Agent Hill is the only one that knows that uh, he didn't really die. But they do that because... You know, it was an inside job on on Fury, so they're they're not sure who to trust, you know, who to confront, or you know what to do. So they they fake his death, and he goes into hiding. But uh, Fury had given Steve Rogers the this USB card drive, USB drive. So he's he's wondering, you know. What do I do with this? How do I decrypt it? And that's when him and Romanoff team up together. And they go on this journey where uh, they eventually make it back to the boot camp where Steve Rogers was trained before he got the the uh, super soldier serum injected into him when he was just a you know skinny little kid. And he's able to notice a bunker that wasn't in the right place and they go down there it's a secret bunker they go in the basement and we see all these old school computers with these data <laughs> tapes and you know those old monitors that just have the green letters on them and they plug in there's a attachment there a, a modern attachment and they plug in the USB drive you know you know what would have been legit like sweet legit is if you were to turn that on and it just said do you want to play a game <laughs> that would have been amazing right yeah like if if you guys know what movie I'm talking about you're amazing if you don't go watch some movies and come back but uh no that well, that part would have been just just a thumbs up to an amazing movie yeah well Rom- Romanoff says that right Oh, that's right. She says, do you want to play a game? And she like starts off <laughs> and like Captain America, he's like, what? What? <laughs> like, well, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So they got that, that bits and then they plug in the drive and Dr. Arnim Zola from the first movie, who, who was the short pudgy guy with the glasses who worked with the Red School. He's downloaded his consciousness into this old school computer database and so he starts telling him hi you guys lose you lost again captain america because hydra's infiltrated shield and we own shield we're gonna kill you we killed fury you know we've done all these bad things over the years and so it's this big reveal that mm-hmm. you know hydra wasn't destroyed they just infiltrated shield and they're just about to take over the world and they mm-hmm. it also reveals that they killed howard stark so that was important well, it, it kind of reveals the whole Zola algorithm too. Yeah. Right. And what that what that turns out to be is this algorithm that's designed to find the people that would resist against like a one world order, like actively resist, not just disagree with, but actively resist. 
and it, you know, identifies certain people. And, and you hear some names later, right? I think it was Sitwell uh, dropped yeah. some names. And this, you know, in this movie is the first time we hear anything about Doctor Strange. But they said, you know, they mentioned him right there by name, Stephen yep. Strange. And, and, uh, I remember hearing that. I'm like, oh, no way. That's so cool. You know, I mean, he might die, but that's cool. And um, it was pretty neat. So, uh, but you get to hear like that, uh, you know, the kind of the, the cornerstone of what it was all about. And that this whole time that they were building this right under S.H.I.E.L.D.'s nose. And S.H.I.E.L.D. has no idea, right? They're just like, yeah, these German scientists who were our enemies are now working for us. Well, yep. he's Swiss. He's, he's not German. He's yeah, Swiss. He's Swiss, yeah. So clarify that. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, we learned some good things here. I think there's a lot of, you know, even though it was just a short scene, we learned a lot of good things. I like kind of how, how they brought that about too. Yeah, it was a key moment for the film as well as the the whole storyline, the overall storyline. So yeah, and so they, the, like you said, the algorithm was key because then they finally figure out, you know, what it is and what it's going to do. So they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden Zola tells them, ah, I've been stalling. And these, you know, planes come in and shoot missiles at them and blows up the whole compound. But they, of course, they barely escape him and uh, Romanoff. And they go to Sam Wilson's house. And that's when they team up with him. He reveals, hey, you know, I was in this super secret um, flight program in the in the Army or the Air Force, I guess, and there's these individual flight suits that codename Falcon. And so that's his, you know, superhero name is Falcon. So they, they steal one of those suits and those three team up to go, um, try and where were they? They were going some, or they go to sit well and that's when they talk to him They get the information about what is project insight and what it does. Mm-hmm. And you find out really that it's like just mass, just genocide on a on a mass level, right? It's yeah. basically, um, you know, just killing everybody and anything that that would resist this order. And in, even Alexander Pierce, you know, Robert Redford says later, he's like, "I'm going to save the world. I'm going to save you know five billion people by killing a billion." Yeah, isn't isn't that worth it? And that's when he says to Fury, right? Our, our goals are the same. We both want peace, uh-huh. you know. And and I think that's the fundamental difference that you see between, you know, the, the heart of Shield and Hydra is that, you know, Hydra is willing to to do that, whereas Fury's not, you know. Because why I made it sound that Fury was for the for the whole thing and, and maybe at some point he was I think he could, could see the, the huge pitfall that was in front of him and uh, and so you know he started researching about why this shouldn't be you know and, and was against it in the end so right. which is why he delayed it right he came up with the delay tack and delayed it and so I I don't know it's, it's really interesting I think to, to really see like Hydra's motivations and what they're willing to do to do that, you know, like, are you willing to, you know, do something for the greater good? So, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a tricky thing. Cause I can see the point, you know, that Pierce and Hydra have, you know, if you can kill however many millions to save billions, 
then it kind of looks it's tempting. I mean, if you get rid of all the bad guys, but the, I think the tricky part is, you know, who determines who's bad, you know, who lives, who dies, you know, because no one is able to, you know, have that type of knowledge of, you know, the, this person, oh, they, they might have said these things, so they're bad, but that might not be the case. They could have just been in a bad mood that day or, so, you know, that month or whatever. So it's, it's uh, definitely a moral dilemma. And with Steve Rogers, he doesn't even want to go down that road. So I, I see both sides, and but I also recognize, you know, Hydra's way is not the right way, but I can see their reasoning. So they they take Sitwell. I I can't remember where they're going, but they're in a car on a on a freeway. Because what happens next is pretty awesome, and you kind of forget about what's going on at that point, <laughs> yeah. where, where they're going. But so. They're in this car. They're going to take Sitwell. I think they're going to confront Pierce, perhaps. And all of a sudden, someone jumps on the top of the car, just reaches in and grabs Sitwell and throws him out into the oncoming traffic. <laughs> he just gets plastered. It's the Winter Soldier. You know, he's come to collect. And he just rips off the steering wheel, rips off doors, and just totally starts going to town on the car. So they, the three that are left, uh, Falcon... Captain America and Black Widow, they have to, you know, jump out of the car, traffic stops, and then they just go on a big throwdown with Captain America, or with Winter Soldier and his troops. And I remember in the theater when I saw this, I was just like on the edge of my seat. This It was so intense. I mean, even now when I watched it again the other day, just as intense, just as exciting and interesting and just, you know, all out battle. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was neat. Yeah, he just, just you know, demolishes Sitwell in two seconds, you know, mission complete, you know, and then even even Agent Romanoff, who's just like, you know, can just confronts anything and everything. She's scared. Like, you can tell she's running from him, like, just, just trying to survive and get out alive. Uh, you you get to see a little, you know, a good confrontation here with uh, um, Captain America and and uh, the Winter Soldier, and during the fight, you know, we end up seeing that it's his old friend Bucky Barnes, and lo and behold, he's he's a super soldier who'd have known. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a common right. theme. Yeah, super soldier. But what I always found weird is that he is so just ruthless and mean that he's easily the equal of of. Uh, Captain America, but I think that falls off in later movies, and maybe it's because he loses his ruthlessness. You know, he's not as ruthless like he was, and just this machine. Yeah. But I, I really feel like he falls off, and I, I think that uh, my, my credulous question of the week is gonna have to be, you know, and, and I want to hear you guys' opinions. Is, you know, is Bucky Barnes? A super soldier because of his arm machine or does he have a serum in him that's equal to what uh captain rogers has because you never see it and if if he was given a serum or something to duplicate it you know there's i, I think that's huge in its own right you know and i think we see a little bit of that in the civil war you know kind of answer that question a little bit but not a hundred percent and so I, I want to know what everyone thinks, you know, uh, you know, give us your feedback, you know, is, is he the equal of 
of Captain Rogers because of his arm and everything, or is he legitimately a super soldier just like him? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely went toe-to-toe, and he had the the strength, the arm strength, right? Mm-hmm. He took some punches, though, I mean, throughout the whole, this fight as well as the end fight. Yeah. Know, they, they were fighting pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took the punches, um, and then his speed and quickness was was just as equal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think there was any any difference really. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're going toe to toe, and then um, let's see why did oh yeah, so Romanov got a like a grenade launcher and shot it at Bucky, so then he takes off, and then right then the Shield slash Hydra agents show up. And they arrest him, and they're taking. They're going to execute him. You know, they almost did it right then, but there were some news helicopters, so they load him into their prisoner vans and start driving away. But then, when they stop in this tunnel to pull him out and just shoot him, they're gone. They were, you know, Agent Hill had infiltrated them and rescued him, and then they ended up going and meeting with Nick Fury and seeing that he was alive. And that's when they realize, you know, he's alive. And, you know, we got to stop Pierce. And then the, they, they come up with a plan to, to go to Pierce's office, confront him, and try and destroy Project Insight. Uh, so, yeah, they come up with a plan to, to infiltrate the Triskelion and get up to Pierce's office. Uh, Black Widow disguises herself as one of the members of the World Council and is able to go up there with the rest of them. While Agent Hill, Steve Rogers, and Sam Wilson, they go to the communications area, take that over, and then Steve Rogers broadcasts a message out saying, you know, Captain or Pierce is a, is a traitor, Hydra's infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, for those of you who are still with me, let's, let's rise up and, and fight them. So then the whole Triskelion, all of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're just, you know, who knows who's good, who knows who's bad, they just... You know, they're trying to figure that out and there are a lot of battles and fights and they're trying to, they have a plan to to blow up the, the three helicarriers and that's kind of the rest of the movie is, you know, them trying to, Steve Rogers and Falcon trying to infiltrate those helicarriers and be able to insert the the data cards that will kind of mess up their tracking system and then they'll start shooting each other, so... You know, the last 30 minutes or so is just all-out battle with Hydra agents fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and um, Falcon flying around, getting chased by jets, and Winter Soldier gets involved. And eventually it all comes down to uh, Captain Rogers and Winter Soldier on the last helicarrier, and it's a personal battle. It's them one-on-one. Mm-hmm. This is kind of where we see, like Mark was talking about, where... Um, you know, he's just as strong as, as Steve Rogers. You know, he's just as quick. And so, you know, is he a super soldier or isn't he? And they they go to toe-to-toe, and Steve Rogers is able to eventually insert that card and mess up all three of the helicarriers' tracking systems, and they start shooting each other. And Bucky is trapped, so Steve shows some compassion and kind of lifts the, the metal off him so Bucky can escape and that's when they Bucky really starts to realize you know I don't remember this guy but he knows me and 
he's saying we used to be friends, you know? What does that mean? So mm-hmm. Bucky starts to realize, you know, hey, maybe there's a way out of of what I'm doing. Uh, but then they all fall into the river, and Bucky saves Captain America and then walk, wanders off, so we don't really get to see much of of his transformation. But Steve Rogers survives. Um, Black Widow and Fury are able to overtake... Uh, what's it? Pierce? Pierce. Yeah, Pierce. Uh, Al- Alexander Pierce. And mm-hmm. You see uh, Black Widow, too, release like, a lot of information about S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA and all the main players, you know, secrets about herself, secrets mm-hmm. about everything. And, and I think this is really where you kind of see Romanoff buy in to uh, to Steve Rogers. It's like no more secrets. It, it all comes down. It's all coming down like S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. And, uh, you know, I think you see her just buy into it and she releases everything. And so, you know, it's out there for the world to see and people can really see, you know, I guess I liken this to, you know, like catching Big Brother with his hand in the cookie jar, you know, like that's exactly what it was. And it kind of turned the world upside down uh, for a bit. And and you'll and you see a lot of this of that kind of uh, reveal itself in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show, Uh, you know, kind of direct correlates there. And then there's pandemonium throughout Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. during this time. Um, So it's pretty, pretty neat kind of how it all folds in. Yeah. Well, this is the movie where S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, disbanded, right? Uh, yeah, yes and no. So in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Coulson gets a visit from – oh, uh, Coulson's not dead. <laughs> Sorry. If, if you don't know that, I just ruined ruined your day. Um, he goes to Tahiti. Well, that was over five years ago, so I think <laughs> it's, it's okay to spoil that. Okay. But he goes to Tahiti and he comes back. And uh, if you don't know what that means, then you haven't watched the show. So go watch the show. And um, and so then you don't actually see Nick Fury, but you know that Nick Fury visits Coulson. And Coulson basically says, Nick Fury's put me in charge. And then this is where in the TV show where Nick Fury is like battling with other agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to, to who should be in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. And it's like broken and there's still some – Hi, you know, Hydra agents hiding within Shield, trying to be the good guys, and uh, it's pretty pandem- you know, pandemonium in, in the the show uh, at this time. It's pretty good, actually. It's uh, probably one of more my more favorite parts uh, that went through Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield is still playing, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to it. I haven't watched it in a few seasons, but the the first three seasons I think were really solid. I really enjoyed those. Um, so definitely worth a watch if you want to see some kind of backstory and see it tie in and what's happening with S.H.I.E.L.D. during this time. But this is really the last time you see S.H.I.E.L.D. in the main movies. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, like hearing story. But if you want to know more of the story, definitely watch the, t- the TV show. Um, I, I, I can recommend it for sure. Anything after season three, I won't recommend. But first three seasons were great. Yeah. So S.H.I.E.L.D. goes underground, basically, right? And they're mm. still trying to fight HYDRA, but not as a, as open as they were before. No, not as a government-sanctioned entity. They just basically become like a 
like a black ops group that you know has some morals i guess i don't know yeah okay yeah we'll have to watch that do a rewatch on that but not as intense reviews as we are doing with the movies maybe just do it season by season or something Mm-hmm. yeah so yes the the three hell carriers are destroyed um and basically Pierce is shot by uh, Fury and Fury and uh, Romanov escape as the whole building is crashed into by one of the, the helicarriers and so all our heroes are able to escape and we see kind of at the end of the film there's a collage where we see Agent 13, Sharon, she joins the CIA because, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is disbanded. So she joins the CIA. We see Agent Hill join Stark Industries. Uh, Senator Stern, who had a, a small part in this film with Sitwell, he's revealed that, that he was a, a Hydra agent. And Senator Stern was the senator from Iron Man 2 that Tony kept. You know, <laughs> uh, they had a, you know, back and forth where they were ripping on each other and uh, things like that. So he makes a, another appearance in this film, but he ends up getting arrested at the end by the FBI. Uh, the main shield soldier, he's also a big Hydra guy, Rum, Rumlow. He's recovered mm-hmm. from the the wreckage and he's at the hospital. And you'll see why in Captain America: Civil War he comes back as, as something else. But uh, we see him; he survives. Uh, we, then we see Natasha Romanoff testifying in front of Congress for releasing all these intelligence secrets onto the internet. And they're like, you know, why did you do this? And kind of like what Mark said, you know, there's is, there's no more secrets. You know, everybody needs to know what's going on. And she's like, go ahead and arrest me. If not, you know where I am. You know, I helped save the world. You know who I am. So and then she just walks out. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we like then we a see. Boss. Yeah, <laughs> she told them what's up. So that was pretty cool. And we see Nick Fury, he's going into hiding. He he burns his eye patch and all of his, you know, files and everything. So he's going to go deep undercover and he's still going to hunt Hydra agents. And I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done something with his story, right? You know, he's going to, that'd be a perfect story where he's this undercover guy and he's just hunting down the agents he could, try and hunt down one of the, the major players in Hydra, you know, that could be a movie or at least a, a good TV show, but they haven't done anything with him yet. Well, we see him one more time, right? In Civil War. Oh, do we? Yeah, right? Remember uh, he meets uh, Iron Man in the barn? Oh, yeah. it's true. Right? So we see him again for just a second. So you know he's around, but you just don't know what he's doing. Like, he's doing something important. You just don't know what it is. So that's why I said, you know, I think that we're going to see him come back in Infinity Wars, like, as a wild card. Yeah. And I think that was, was that Age of Ultron or was it Civil War? When they go to... Oh, it was it was Age, Age of Ultron. You're right. Yeah, yeah Age of Ultron, because that's when they go there after they get whooped. Uh, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, future movie, my, my fault. But... Uh, no, it was uh, – the ending was pretty good. I, I think one of my favorite parts of the ending, and, and I don't know why, and I think maybe for me it shows like the fanaticism of Hydra. And I think I can see like it, this applies you know, today in the real world too, that there's just some fanatics that are just 
crazy, you know, crazy stuff. But when when Pierce is dying and his last words are <laughs> Hell Hydra. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that was his last words. And like I for me that was like telling like man, Hydra will never go away because yeah. that they're so fanatic about it. Like they'll they'll always be a thorn in yeah. Avengers, you know. Yeah, I wish they'd bring them back too outside of you know, the T V show. Like in I don't know, Daredevil or Punisher, you know, one of those TV shows or in the movie again, because mm-hmm. they're pretty, you know, they're, they're hardcore. Like you said, they're fanatics. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're legit. And I mean, if, if what they say is true, what you, you chop off one head, two more come, you know, they're still around. You just don't yeah. know what. Yeah. They're still out there. Uh, so then we see, uh, Romanoff, she ended up with, uh, Bucky Barnes's file and gives it to Steve. So Steve decides he's going to go, you know, track him down and try and turn him, you know, bring him back, get his friend back. So that was a good moment there. Good touch at the end. So uh, overall, I really enjoyed this film. A lot of action. I mean, it was, you know, one scene to the next to the next, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, one of my favorite scenes that we didn't talk about is, I think you had mentioned the the fight in the elevator. Oh, Yeah. Uh, he takes on like 10 guys at once, you know, they all get in. He's like, what did he say? I say, I wrote it down. It's like, if any of you want out, yeah. now's the time or something like that. Right. He's just yeah. like, yeah, he says, it gives him a chance. Like he knows what's up and they know what's up. And he's just letting them know. Like, I mean, what, what, what was the word he said? Do you know? He says, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> Yeah. And then they just start going to town on each other. It's awesome. Right. And then he just, you know, goes crazy on him. You know what I mean? Like just destroys yeah. him really. And, uh, um, you know, one thing I, t- I, I like too is that why he's a good soldier, you have to remember, uh, you know, that a lot of Steve Rogers advantage comes because he's a super soldier. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's got this super big heart and he's going to fight for what's right, but he's not the best martial arts guy. He's not the best boxer or fighter. So I kind of thought it was cool how run him and run low throwing at each other. And run low was like blocking him and throwing punches back. Maybe they didn't matter because you know, he's so much stronger, but I like when they show a little bit of humanism into a, a superhero that it's like, okay, just because you're a superhero doesn't mean you're the best at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, he still has, you know, some, I don't, Weaknesses, I guess. I mean, he doesn't know everything. It's not like he's a robot. You can just download Kung Fu into his database and he knows it, right? It's not like the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. (laughs) But yeah, I agree. It's definitely one of the better scenes in in this movie. But yeah, a lot of story, good story, character development, which we've talked about with Steve Rogers and Romanoff and even Sam Wilson. So just all around great movie. It's definitely my favorite so far. Um, It's... So I give it an A, A plus maybe. It's just I I don't see anything that's like plot holes or anything like that. Maybe they're out there, but I didn't see them. And love this film. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Uh, definitely a good show. I wish they would have showed a little bit more with Agent Thirteen, and um, yeah, and Steve Rogers, and just because in the comic books they are love interests, and um. And they go that way with this. We see that in future movies, right? Um, but I just don't think 
I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because they had a lot of other story to tell and stuff. I wish they would have just showed a little bit more of their relationship. Um, yeah. Kind of build. I agree. Because that, that's kind of important for Steve Rogers, you know, for a guy that has been on ice for X amount of years, you know, 70 years. And, you know, I think that brings, uh, you know, a lot of I, – I like when they bring humanity into superheroes because I, I think we have this – it makes it more real to me maybe. Not that, not that superheroes are real, but it just kind of brings the whole thing down to earth, right, where it's just like – More uh, relatable. Yeah, more relatable, you know, and and he, and I think you start to see that in, in some newer super movies, you know, superhero movies and with DC superhero movies and things like that. But uh, no, I, I wish they would have showed a little bit more with that. Um, I liked the Andrew, Alexander Pierce thing, and I liked you know the whole uh, Hydra type style. I wish we could have seen you know some like a little bit more about where Hydra is and how integrated they are. We just know they're there. We just don't know where, right? I mean, we, we just don't get the whole the whole story. I wish we got a little bit more there, but all really good. I mean, like just like you, a a a minus right there. I, really good. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as a plus. I mean, I, I don't think if I can crack my top five, I can give it an a plus. But uh, you know, definitely a minus a right in there. You know, um, uh, so. Yeah, good. Good overall, like you said. Great character development. I think Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, was great. Loved it, you know, just how ruthless he was and just mean. And he was the exact 100% opposite of, of our superhero. Yeah. And uh, we got to see that clash head on. And I, yeah. I think that fans love that. Yeah, it was definitely a welcome addition after, you know, Thor The Dark World and Iron Man 3. This is definitely reinvigorated the the series at this point so it's a good good moment for marvel uh for the stanley moment we got him at the he's a security guard at the captain america exhibit and then when uh steve rogers you know he lost his old uniform that he started the movie with i guess it's not the old uniform he lost his new uniform that he started the movie with and so he goes to the exhibit and steals his old uniform that was on display <laughs> so <laughs> We just see Stanley walk into that room and he sees the mannequin there without the suit and he's like, "Oh man, I'm so fired." <laughs> I'm so fired. <laughs> so that's his moment. Uh, then we got two after credit scenes: one mid credit, one end credit. And uh, the first one is in a secret lab in Sokovia, which will be introduced later on in the Avengers: Age of Ultron. But we see there's they're in this lab and scientists they have the staff. Uh, Loki staff that has the Infinity Stone, and they're doing tests on it. They're experimenting on people, and what I took out of it is is they experimented on a set of twins, and that's how we ended up with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and that's when we see them for the first time. We see Quicksilver kind of running around. They're both encased in these glass rooms. Quicksilver's running around, bumping into the walls, just can't control himself. And then we see Scarlet Witch playing with these like these blocks, and she's levitating them, and she destroys them. So it's kind of our first moment that there's more coming down the pike. 
I wonder how they use the Mind Stone to unlock superpowers, though. And maybe it's the idea that you can only use 10% of your brain. If we could use the rest, we would be aliens that could read minds or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, so I wonder if it has something to do with that. They've never explained it, I don't think. But I've, I've always thought about that. Like, I could see them using the Reality Stone or the Power Stone to do that. But... Not the Mind Stone. I don't quite understand how they use the Mind Stone to make them superheroes. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, we'll have to watch in Age of Ultron because they do have they go back to that lab in the first scene. Maybe they they talk about it. I don't know. Have to keep our eyes open for that. Um, yeah. If you have any insight about that, let us know because uh, uh, we, we'd like to hear your answer and. Uh, but yeah, we don't, uh, I, I, I just don't know. And I don't think it's said anywhere. Maybe it has, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first scene after credit scene. The second one is at the very end and we see Bucky Barnes. He's walking through the Captain America exhibits, looking at the displays, looking at the, you know, the pictures and things, the videos. And he sees that him and Steve Rogers used to be friends. You know, they used to, to fight together. They were serving in the military together. And he kind of gets this look on his face like, oh, yep, I guess we were friends. And then that's it. So that's it for Captain America Winter Soldier. There's no more one-shots. Uh, the last one, All Hail the King, that had talked about the Mandarin getting busted out of jail. That was the last one, so no more one-shots after after that one. And I wonder why they stopped doing it. I thought they were kind of cool for the most part. There was one or two that I was like, eh, whatever. But most of them were, were interesting, but I'm kind of wondering why they, they stopped doing them. So is it Feig? Like Kevin Feig? Feige, I believe. Yes. So what he said is, he because they talked about the one-shots because they stopped in 2014, um, I guess in May of 2015, he said, the universe is big and we're moving up to three feature films a year. I don't know how much beyond this we can go. So we do talk about making more one-shots a lot. It's just about finding the time and the place. Uh, and then uh, Tom Holland, who plays Sp- the new Spider-Man, he hinted uh, about that uh, about more one-shots coming up and then – Kevin Feig once again said, yes, we've got a whole bunch of them planned, <laughs> yada, yada, and we plan on doing them. Okay. And then that was that was it. So I imagine we would see him uh, coming back. Um, I mean, we kind of saw one um, a little bit of like them doing one with the whole Team Thor thing, right? When Thor would like he is like living with his buddy in uh, Australia. Yeah. And yada, you know what I mean? So. Uh, we kind of saw a little bit of what it was. I mean, definitely wasn't anything close to that. But I think that we'll we'll see them come again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they bumped up to three movies a year. So, but I mean, one shots they just get a different director anyway. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're kind of cool too. I mean, they don't change the story or anything. They just you know, I don't know, some worldly perspective. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Hopefully we'll see some more here in the next year or so. But yeah, so up next, Guardians of the Galaxy, both Volume 1 and 2. I think we're going to do those back-to-back. So look for those coming up in the next week or so. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I, I apologize right now ahead of time if our schedule's been off, you know, the last couple of weeks and going to be off for the next couple of weeks. Uh, my wife is about to have twins. They do next <laughs> week. So please forgive me. Uh, if I can't be here and it's being too long, uh, Justin will either fly solo or we'll get a special guest to come do it with him. But uh, um, that's that's why we've been a little inconsistent lately. I do apologize again, but uh, we will get back on schedule and start releasing, you know, our our podcasts on time and on specific days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life happens and you got to adjust. So I'm just glad that you're still able to, to hang out and, and talk nerd stuff with me. So. <laughs> hopefully we'll keep going yeah if you need to take a break we'll probably get a special guest on to like harry or or kimball or someone well or someone. we need someone good <laughs> dang i'm just kidding guys i'm just kidding they're 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 past special guests we like them shots um, fired yeah shots say hi to them on our uh, uh on our facebook page they'd love to say hi back yeah so yeah if you're a Marvel nerd and want to be involved, definitely comment on our Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash the credulous nerds. We're there and let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast, whether just calling in or you can email us a question at the credulous nerds at gmail.com as well as uh, comment on our posts on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. We don't do much there, Instagram or Twitter, but you know, occasionally we'll post some things there. I'm always checking it. And then our, our website, randomangst.com. And all our podcasts are hosted on soundcloud.com. So go there if you're not there already listening to them. And we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spreaker, you know, pretty much any podcast uh, app. If you just search for The Credulous Nerds on Google, uh, our podcast comes up with the first, you know, a few hits. So definitely check us out. We're glad that you're here, and we're definitely looking forward to more podcasts. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. We also got uh, the Middle Earth series that we're going to start up here pretty quick with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. And with our special guest, Kimbo, and then we'll get back to doing our regular show as well. Uh, definitely check us out on Patreon.com. Become a patron of the show, The Credulous Nerds. Uh, we would appreciate if you would donate uh, a dollar a month or or whatever you can do to, to support our podcast. You know, that basically comes out to pennies on the dollar. If we released four shows in a month, that'd be, you know, basically a quarter a show. We definitely do more than four a month. So, you know, look us up there. If you feel like you want to support us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. It goes a long way and helps offset the cost of producing our podcast and bringing this to you every week, every other week. So we're thankful that you were able to join us on the Credulous Nerds podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.